Welcome to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, the voice for women in midlife and beyond. At Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, we talk about anything and everything to do with midlife. My name is Colleen. My name is Bridget. And on this episode, we just want to say Shlemiel Shlemazel, Haas and Pfeffer <laughs> Incorporated. I hope I said that right. Yeah, I can sing. we're going to do it. We're going to yeah, do it. We're going to do yes. it. We're going to do it. You know, I honestly yes. could sing the whole song, but I would scare the listeners. So. <laughs> No, me too. I'm not saying you. We, you don't want either of us sing, singing that. Yeah, yes. we may, maybe after a few drinks on a YouTube video. We have Cindy Williams, Shirley Feeney from Laverne and Shirley. And who does not remember, love, and wish they would reboot, but can't do that now, obviously. It's so fun talking to her. And I told her, and I know probably so many of you out there used to imagine with one of your great friends that you were Laverne and Shirley, or that is what you aspired to be when you grew up, is to live with your best friend in an apartment. And maybe have a Lenny and Squiggy, maybe. Oh, maybe yeah. Not. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> And a carmine. And I oh. forgot to ask her. And, you know, after we did this interview and shortly after the actor that played Carmine passed away. And I forgot to ask her about carmine because because one of my friends told me, please ask her about carmine. I was in love with him. <laughs> so he was who, cute. Who wasn't? Who wasn't? Oh, my God. And he, yeah. But, you know, we love when we get to interview actresses from our childhood yes. and that we just because there's so much about them we didn't know because we weren't thinking that way. How her career started, you know, American Graffiti, how a lot of people didn't know that she was one of the producers on the reboot of Father of the Bride. She came up yes. with the idea. Yeah. So we're going to actually talk about that in the second episode, which is a bonus episode up this Friday, because we talked to her about so many stories that we decided to divide this into two. Right. So we are going to talk to Cindy about her experiences as an actress. We're going to talk about some of the funniest things that happened on Laverne and Shirley, her relationship with Penny Marshall. And then in the next episode, we're going to talk more about what she's been doing with Father of the Bride. And on from that, she has a one woman show that's out right now. Bridge and I are going to really try to go see it. But with the pandemic, we don't know how that's going to go. We take it a day at a time. One of the things Bridget and I are really excited about is to share with you a survey we are doing with State of Menopause and um, Stacey London. We decided, you know, we really want to know what some of the most common complaints you are having with menopause. Is it hot flashes? Is it dry skin, fatigue? And so did State of Menopause. So we partnered together to make a very, very short survey. It's just going to ask for what your symptoms may be, your age range, your name, all that fun information. And 30 of the women who fill out this survey will receive product from State of Menopause that addresses that exact symptom. So if you go to hotflasheskooltopics.com, you will find it up on the front page. Just click on enter and give the information. It will ask for your address, but that's only to send you the complimentary product. And it's also on our Instagram link in bio. So you can find it on our social media. And we're really excited to find out what your common complaints for menopause are, because we want to make sure that we're addressing the information for you. And State of Menopause wants to make sure that they are offering rapid relief for those symptoms that you are suffering with most. 
survey will be up between January 15th and January 31st. You can go over there and fill it out anytime. And like I said, 30 women will receive full-size products from State of Menopause. How cool is that, Bridget? That is awesome. And I'm telling you, there are products that specifically for me that I really like of their products, but there's going to be products that probably fulfill some other symptom that you might have that I don't have you know, or vice versa. Um, I have, I I love their Arnica uh, lotion because my shoulders, my joints, my muscles get very sore, but we could make sure to go to hotflashescooltopics.com. Click enter right on the front page, fill out a I think it's five questions and you may be one of the 30 women who receive a full-size product from state of menopause. So we are going to get started with this interview. You are going to have a great time listening to it because we certainly had a great time having this conversation with Cindy Williams. Welcome back to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics. Today we have on an amazing guest. We are just excited that she has some time to talk to us, Miss Cindy Williams. Hello, how are you? Well, hello, Colleen and Bridget. I'm just fine. And how are you too? We're so excited. We wanted to invite you on because you are just one of those women who are living their best midlife and beyond. And we love talking to women who are examples of of that. Yes. I am my best midlife well, and that's beyond, fun, by the way. But and beyond, <laughs> I'm living we beyond just, now. We <laughs> just throw the beyond and adventure girls. So many things we want to talk to you about. Obviously, Laverne and Shirley is top of the list, but I want to start first with the present. And you are actually in the new year starting a one woman show. Can you talk about that? Yes. Well, this started during the pandemic, and my friend, uh, have you seen Nonsense? Ever seen yes. Nonsense? I yes. haven't, Colleen. Oh, you haven't? Oh, you I haven't. 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 No. <laughs> anyway, my friend Danny Goggins, who's a creator, writer, producer, director of Nonsense, called me and said, you know, why don't you, during this time, and we're all shut in, why don't you write your one-woman show? And I said, what woman show? And I'd been talking to him, you know, because I'd been kicking it around in my, in my head for years and years. And uh, he said, yeah, I've got this friend, Charles Duggan. He's a producer. He he produced Greater Tuna. I don't know if you ever saw that, but a fabulous show. And um, And you two should get together and, you know time on your hands do this so we did and so now it actually came to life and I performed it in um in May in uh, Boca Raton Florida at the Wick Theater and now we're taking it out on the road it's called Me Myself and Shirley and um uh and and that title came up because they said after we'd written it we didn't have a title and uh Charles kept calling me saying, we've got to get a title. You've got to get a title. And I got so stressed out and I was just laying in bed, sweating over this. And I fell asleep. And then I heard me, myself and Shirley. And I said, okay, me, myself and Shirley. (laughs) And so that's the title. And um, Renee Taylor, you know who Renee is? She did the nanny. She played Sylvia. Oh, oh, okay. Yes. Yes. One woman show. And it was called my life on a diet. It is called my life on a diet. Fabulous show if you ever get a chance to see it. Anyway, she gave me uh, this joke. She goes, why don't you say to the audience in the beginning, me, myself, and Shirley does not relate to any sex tape. <laughs> I don't know myself and Shirley doesn't. And so I tried it. It, it works. Our menage oh, de trois. 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's just 90 minutes of fun-filled laughter and hijinks. Just a lot of fun. And, you know, I just wanted to do a show that made me laugh and made me happy and was entertaining and hopefully will make a, an audience laugh out loud. Yeah, I was checking. I was checking the dates and where you're playing, and I was like, "Okay, Chattanooga is not that far. My daughter lives in Austin. I was like, I could go see my daughter and go see it. Yes, come see it. You'll. um, I think you'll love it. You know, I. um, I really aim to please. (laughs) That's kind of how it came about, and we're still working on it. And so this is the new and improved version of it. And uh, we go out in January, and we go. Uh, First, we play in Palm Springs at the Addenberg Theater, which is this beautiful theater. And then we just head off to Phoenix and Santa Fe and just across the Midwest. And uh, I'm just really looking forward to it. In kind of researching your background, I didn't realize you have such a love of theater that you. Oh, yeah. Where did that come from? I know you watch television a lot as a child, but where did your love of theater coming from? When I was in high school, I tried out for the talent show and I did this um, Bob Newhart routine. And so I got in the talent show, but the drama teacher who was, you know, he was putting the talent show together. He said, yes, you're in the talent show. And he said, and I'd like to invite you to come in to drama and I'll put you right into play production. And um, he said, if you have an elective next year. So at that time, I wanted to be a nurse, but I was failing biology. So I thought, who wants a nurse who fails biology? And I thought, okay, you know, I'll I'll try this. And I did. But even as a little girl, I loved to put on shows in the garage, you know, and uh, at church. And, you know, I, the, I, the talent show and the ice cream social were a big thing, and I was in charge of that. So I went to theater arts. I became a theater arts major at Los Angeles City College, which had this very formidable program. And I learned everything about theater and I loved theater. I just loved it. And I had such respect and I was in such awe of it. And, um, but the thing was I lived in Hollywood. So I was trained for theater when I left anything in theater, but I wasn't trained for film or television. And that's what I didn't want to set off and go and um, audition for regional theater or New York. I just wasn't one of those kind of people that I was too frightened to do that. So I figured, well, someday I'll be in the right place at the right time. In the meantime, I'll get a job as a waitress. And so I waited tables at the International House of Pancakes. And then one day I was in the right place at the right time. And um, and my friend said, she went to AFI, the American Film Institute, and she said, I've got an interview for you if you want to join the Institute. And I said, well, I'm not necessarily a filmmaker. You know, I'm an actor. And she said, yeah, but this could help you, Cindy. Get a-. So I went over and this interview um, took place. And at the end of the interview, they said, well, you're an actress. You're not a filmmaker. I said, well, I was thinking, you know, I could make a film and then put myself in the film. And they said, no, no, we know these two young guys who are starting a management company and uh, for young actors. 
and they gave me their names and set me up with an interview there. And I went there and interviewed and they liked me. Anyway, all this is in the show. So, um, and someone just asked me this question about which medium I like better, you know, out of film, television, and theater. And I see Laverne and Shirley was a show that was done like a stage show. And theater's always been my thing. I love to get on stage and I love to be there with the audience. But on Laverne and Shirley, we had the best of both worlds because the cameras were here and they were on dollies. It was the old Lucille Ball crew. And the the audience, because we always had a live audience that came in on the night we shot the show. And there were about a little over 200 people and they were behind, you know, in bleachers in a theater setting behind the cameras. And we ran the show like a play. We started at the beginning and ran it all the way to the end. And any mistakes we made, unless they were major and had to be go, we had to go back and retake it right then and there. We just put aside until after the show was over. So the audience could be with us through the entire show. So that medium of um, theater and film is the best, but they don't do it too much anymore. And, uh, but that was it. But if I had to say, had to say, I would say theater is my favorite, favorite place to be, you know, and, and thing to do. It, it's so funny. Um, I was, I read your book, The Shirley oh. Jest, and I was uh, reading it. Just the amazing, the people that you have met throughout your career oh, and so blessed oh the the story of the whiskey a go-go and Jenny oh, right? <laughs> yeah. can you tell can you tell the listeners that story because it's, it's very tough to tell you know yeah. because you would have had to have been there right but, right, right. <laughs> just in a nutshell I got this job at the whiskey a go-go during the late 60s and it was hopping and that my first night they gave me the vip section and i wondered why are they giving me all the booths and all the vips that are coming in the musicians and and i was so happy anyway i uh my first they said there's your first table so i go to this table and i see uh these two blonde girls are facing me and there's this gentleman standing i see the back of his head and i ask the girls i say what will you have and the first girl says i have a tom collins and i ask the second girl and she says i have a tom collins and then i say and you sir what will you have and he turned around and he said i'd like a bottle of jack at the table and it was jim morrison and i was like hi <laughs> been listening you know to him uh this is the end and I was like ah. and he looked <laughs> the light hit him ladies in this way he looked like a Greek god when he turned around and looked at me and I was just weak need and frozen and I said bottle of jack and so I went to the bartender and I put my order up and I'm leaving and he says wait a minute you he said new girl um, what is this? Two Tom Collins and a bottle of Jack. And I go, yeah, yeah, that's a two Tom Collins bottle of Jack. And he says, bottle of Jack is Morrison in the club. And I said, yes, he is. <laughs> and he said, uh, will you go back and you tell him I can serve him a single or a double, but he knows darn well that I cannot send a bottle to the table. So I have to run back to the table and tell Jim Morrison this. And he says, who's, 
who's on bar tonight, Tony? And I said, yes. And he said, well, you tell Tony that I've had a bottle of Jack at the table before and I want a bottle of Jack tonight. And I said, okay, yes, sir. And I run back and I say, Tony, excuse me, but Jim Morrison says that he's had a bottle of Jack at the table before and would like a bottle of Jack tonight. And he said, oh, really, did he? Well, you go back and you tell that son of a so-and-so that I will never serve him a bottle of Jack at the table. It's either a single or a double. Now get out of here. So I go back and I say, Mr. Morrison, I'm so sorry, uh, but it's either a single or a double. And he, and he says, would you go back there and you tell that so-and-so that I want a bottle of Jack. In fact, I demand a bottle of Jack on the table tonight. And I say, Yes, sir. And I run back and I go, Tony, please, please. He says that I go, this is Jim Morrison. He goes, I know it's Jim Morrison. I don't care who it is. He's not getting a bottle of the a bottle of Jack at the table. You go tell him that right now, single or double. And so now I'm in tears. And meanwhile, I have other customers and I'm talking not nice people pulling on me saying, we need you over here. We need you over here. And I just run back to the table and I'm crying now. And I go, Mr. Morrison, I am so sorry. I can give you a single or a double. In fact, I will buy you a a double. And he said, what's your name? And I said, it's Cindy. And he said, well, Miss Cindy, um, we're just joking with you. Bring me a double. Awful. And I look around the club and they're all laughing at me, including Tony, the bartender. They've all, he just punked me. And they set me uh But this really went back and forth and back and forth. Oh. trying to figure out, how am I going to do this? Could I run to a liquor store? I don't have money for a bottle of Jack. Oh. You know, I mean, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. And, he, and that's the first time I ever heard the term, you know, in the 60s, they go, Miss Cindy, Miss Sally. It was very Southern, you know, yes. for some reason. And I think Jim Morrison was one of the first people to coin that. And uh, just hearing that out of his mouth, Miss Cindy, <laughs> you know. So oh. I wound and I served him a double and he was just beautiful. Oh man. I, I mean, being a, I've been a server before and oh. I'm like, it's nerve wracking enough. And then your first day and then you're with this, you know, and it's Jim very famous singer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you something else. When the club would close at night and we'd be doing our side work, blowing the candles out and everything and, and, you know, cleaning the tables off. Jim Morrison stayed in the club. He'd take his shoes off. He'd crawl up on stage, go up on stage, and he'd use the mic and he'd sing a cappella. And while we were putting all the, until Mario, the um, one of the owners of the club, would say, uh, "Bert, uh, go find Jim's shoes and drive him home." What a treat. What a treat. treat. That's when you needed a cell phone back in the 60s. Come on. (laughs) All in here, girls. That's (laughs) That's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. My pleasure. Believe me, my pleasure. Wow. I I could have taken everyone on earth with me who was a fan of his for that adventure. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So when you first started your career, you played a lot of ingenues, friends of the lead. And why do you think you were typecast that way? I just had that look of, you know, the first job I got was uh, in television was on room 222 as a student. And I just looked that I just, you know, I just had that look and they would always cast me. 
as the, you know, what's wrong, Jenny? What happened between you and Johnny? And, um, and I, I think I put that in the show. I don't think I took that out where I talk about this. And, uh, and then I'm always the sympathetic, you know, helpful friend. And I kept thinking, gosh, I do comedy. I want to do comedy. I don't want to play this. And then I got cast in American Graffiti where I played the ingenue who's a long suffering, you know, a girlfriend of um, Steve who Ron Howard played. And again, I said, no, I don't want this part. I want the part of the fast girl. And they said, Candy Clark is playing that part. And so I just, I said, but this character just cries and whines all night long. And they said, yep, that's the character. And so I played that. And it wasn't until, I guess it was Gary Marshall who just, uh, I got cast on Love American Style a couple of times. And um, and in commercials, I did a couple of funny commercials, but not until I did Laverne and Shirley, really, did I get to do the kind of comedy I wanted to do. And I'd wanted to do it since I was a little girl and saw um, Sid Caesar and Imogene Coca on your show of shows. You girls are too young to remember that. But if you ever look it up, Google it, Google uh, your show of shows, Sid Caesar, Imogene Coca. And I, I looked at Imogene Coca and I said, I can do that when I was very young. And I always liken it to... Uh, if you're a gymnast and I talked to Kathy Rigby about this one time, cause she asked me, how did you know you could, you know, do, do what you did? And I said, well, how did you know, you know, you could do what you did? Cause you feel it. You know, we all feel it, what we're capable of in our bodies, our minds, our hearts. And um, so ever since I was very young, I always wanted to just dream to do that and knew I could I could do it. And when we did Laverne and Shirley in the beginning, it was Penny who was going to be the physical, you know, and I was just the, oh, don't do that, Laverne. I was still the best friend, you know, the lead's best friend. And I kept saying, Gary, I can, you know, I can do physical comedy. I can do it. The only place I gotten to really play it was at church camp or, you know, in church at those talent shows that I told you about. So, um, I begged him and begged him. And after about 13 weeks of listening to my belly aching, he came on the set and said, we're going to write a little something for you and see how you perform it. And then we'll see. So he did. I show that clip in the show and it was just this little thing. And it's when you, she had her mouth on the vacuum, right? And you had to know that. Did I? I do my research (laughs) and I I pull it off her and I was thinking, okay, what would be funny? I couldn't get my leg up high enough to put it on her chest, you know, like right here to pull it off. But I used her head, you know, and um, so that got me the real part of Shirley, the funny part of Shirley, the physical funny part. And from then on, it was like a two person comedy team show like Sid Caesar and Imogene Coca, who I really do suggest you look them up and watch those sketches. I remember them individually, but I don't know if I've seen that show. I don't think I've seen that show, but I definitely remember them. Yeah, yeah. 50s, because I was a little girl. And uh, yeah, your show of shows. Oh, I'll have to look that up. But I do, I know you probably hear this from so many girls that they would play Laverne and Shirley Mm -hmm. with like their friend. 
I mean, I, I was Laverne and my friend Dina was Shirley. Uh-huh. And I was Shirley. No, oh, she had dark hair. Dina had dark hair. So she was Shirley. And we were going to live in a basement apartment. And, uh, you know, we were going to be roommates. And that's what we were going to do. But it didn't happen like that. So, you know, we <laughs> didn't happen you know, for me. Bridget, that that was all pretend. Oh, I know. <laughs> I still I still want to go back. Oh, don't break her heart. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it could be you. In fact, when I was in college, I lived in a basement uh, on Glendale Boulevard with my friend Edna. Um, mm-hmm. Did I talk about AFI before? Yeah. You, you mentioned the AFI and I, I yeah. My friend who ended up at uh, the American Film Institute oh. and got me, you know, really got me my first agent in a way, in a roundabout way. And also uh, men seem to love to dress up like Laverne and Shirley, <laughs> almost do it better than Laverne and Shirley did it. And um People have named their cats Laverne and Shirley, and there were two mules somewhere who were named Laverne and Shirley. And uh, yeah, I could see. Listen, if I hadn't been Shirley on Laverne and Shirley, I would have probably watched the show and named my cat Boo Boo Kitty. No, oh, yeah. Right. Oh, and I do want the story of Boo Boo Kitty out because that's a great <laughs> okay. story. That's a great story. My sister and I did have a cat. Uh, a cat that we named Boo Boo and we called him, her Boo Boo Kitty. And one day on the set during a run through for the producers, I, I'm supposed to be cleaning the bedroom. And I, my line is Laverne, we have dust bunnies under here, the size of grapefruit. And I went up on my line. I couldn't remember it, but I wanted to keep going with the show. And under this bed, um, the prop man had put all these props, these, you know, just he stored props. And among them was this stuffed black cat. And at the time, my own boo-boo kitty, my sister's and my cat was alive and kicking. And so I went up on that line about grapefruit and dust bunnies. And I said, oh, look, Laverne, look what I found, boo-boo kitty. And I pulled that black cat out. And the producers laughed, and then we. I, then I caught the next line. The reason you do that in rehearsals, by the way, is so you don't lose the rhythm. You try to just keep going. So that's how Boo Boo Kitty came about. And then they started writing for, for Boo Boo Kitty, like they had Shirley, and I loved it that she took him to be real. You know, and that she would read children's stories to him and talk to him and pr- very protective of him and covetous of him and uh, treated him like a real a real kitty. And the genius of that is, you know, I attribute that to the writers because that was genius because everybody can somehow relate to that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I miss those shows so much. I miss Laverne and Shirley. I miss Happy Days. It was, tu- I think it was Tuesday nights. Do you remember, Colleen? When I don't night remember what on- night it was. I think it was Tuesday nights. And I mean, I, I was you. like, yeah, <laughs> I, I just couldn't wait for those yes, shows. It was, it was Tuesday yeah. nights at 8 Yeah. Days. And I remember when you were first on Happy Days, when you and uh, Penny Marshall were first on Happy Days when, right. and you had to do like a fight scene or something or or maybe you were in the it was like you had gotten into a fight or something in the bathroom I just remember something like that right I, yeah the double date with Fonzie and and Richie and that's that, right that Fonzie had set up and so uh he was dating Laverne and Fonzie was going to date me 
and go out on this date with me. And Penny and I had never seen the show. We happened to be writing together at the time. And then her brother called, Gary called, and he said, oh, I got these two characters on Happy Days or two girls who date the fleet. And uh, I thought you and Penny might want to come over and play them. And, you know, that's what he said to me. And I looked at her and we said, yeah. So we took a week off from our writing job. Now, neither Penny, and don't tell anyone this, but neither Penny nor I had seen Happy Days. And... um, And so we had no idea, but we read the script and the way we read it was, well, these are floozies. You know, these girls are fun floozies. And so we decided we were going to chew gum, smoke cigarettes, you know, come on when our first entrance, fix each other's bra straps and slip straps and take the pin curls. We put pin curls in our hair and we're going to take the pin curls out of our hair. So we did that and we came on stage and we were, it was a scene where we're supposed to meet Fonzie and Richie at the, um, I want to say pizza bowl, but at, um, Arnold's. 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 (laughs) And so, so we came on and uh, this is during a rehearsal and we were smoking cigarettes, chewing gum, took out the, you know, pin curls, adjusted each other's bra straps walked a little further on stage, looked around the room, spotted Fonzie and Richie, took a long drag off our cigarettes and flicked them across the stage toward the ca- where the camera would be if we weren't rehearsing. And Jerry Paris, who was directing the show, said, stop! What is this with you two? What do you two think you're doing? This isn't a spinoff. This is family hour. You don't smoke in family hour and all that other stuff get off stage and re-enter. So Penny and I went off stage and she said, you know, we said, lose the cigarettes. We still, uh, you know, said, we'll adjust each other's bra straps. We'll tone it down though. And, um, and we kept the gum and she said, what's a spinoff? And I said, I have no idea. And <laughs> I said, what's family hour? And she said, I don't know. So anyway, we came back on and then, um, I show a clip of that in my show. And then we found out later, two weeks later, they called and they said, ABC saw the episode you and Penny were on and they loved it and they want to spin you girls off. And Penny and I were still writing together and we looked at each other and she said, what's a spinoff? And, and then expl- your own show, our own show. We couldn't believe that we laughed when we hung the phone up. So anyway, then that's how it all started. Wow. What was it like working with Penny Marshall? What did it look like? (laughs) It looked like fun. A lot of hard work. What was a lot of fun, but we were both exhausted all the time. Penny and I are the kind of people that can, and I've said this many times before, walk into a room, see the same thing at the same time, pick it and pick out the funny thing about it and make the same exact comment on it. And we just have that, you know, but we're opposite in so many ways. And but we're totally you can't slip a playing card between us when it comes to what we think is funny. We think exactly alike. And um, she it was so much fun. It was the best of times and sometimes the worst of times because we get exhausted and we both being Italian, we would um, 
you know, get upset with each other and, uh, but never took it on stage, you know, Mm -hmm. never took it on stage, just yell, you know, if we didn't, we always agreed about the bit, you know, we always agreed about what was going to make people laugh and, you know, and, and it was always what would make us laugh. If it would make us laugh out loud, then we just figured it was going to make the audience in the, in the studio laugh out loud and then translate to the television audience. And, um, and we would together, we would hold that line and never let them, you know, if they came in the writers and said, we don't want you to say that we want you to say this or not do that and do this. We'd say, no, this is funnier. You know, whatever was funnier was right. Whatever made us laugh out loud. So that we were totally together on, but other things, semantic, other things we could like I remember one time they had a show where my mother comes on and Penny's character says, blow it out your ear to her. And I said, oh, I don't think Laverne would ever say that. And we got into it over that. Yes, she would. No, she wouldn't. Yes, she would. But um, little things like, but never about the comedy. You know, we never disagreed about the comedy ever, <laughs> ever. Wow. I love the story about uh you all trying on the plastic pants with share. <laughs> <With> share. <laughs> I was picturing it all when I was reading it. I was just picturing that. Like and that's exactly what it was. Any woman will know. Yeah. Pants this big and your thighs are like that. <laughs> yeah, that was at Fiorucci's. I had that story in the show, but then I, I took it out. And there's another story that goes along with it or happened a year before. Mm-hmm. And we were going to the Greece, the premiere of Greece at Grauman's Chinese Theater. And, um, and we had to go straight from the soundstage rehearsing, get dressed and go to Grauman's. And so we're running across Paramount lot trying to, they said, oh, the car that's waiting for you is, and it was just our luck. The car would never come for me and Penny. We'd have to run for it. It was just a vibe, I guess, or some kind of thing we put out. And so we're running for this car and we're running past the soundstage and we see Cher sitting She's sitting down on the ground, you know, with her back up against the soundstage door. And we stopped and we said, hello. And she said, well, hello. Just then I'd been talking with Penny and I said, did you bring your any lipstick or lip gloss? And she goes, no, I thought you had. I said, I don't. I have none of my lips are dry. Anyway, Cher must have overheard us saying that. And she goes here and she hands us her lip gloss. And so we put it on. And she said, you girls are lucky. You're going to the premiere of Greece. And we, and I could hear Penny thinking it too. Why isn't Cher invited? But this was, this was before Cher was Cher. And we, you know, and we had to go, but discussed it in the car that, you know, Cher should have been invited to this. And why wasn't she invited to it? So years later, that thing at Fiorucci, this is like two years, three years later, and we were at Fiorucci's in Beverly Hills, and we decided to try on these brand new vinyl black disco pants that did not give. They were like plastic, so and they weren't stretchable. So she goes in one room, and I go in another, and we're trying them on, and she said, turn over, just turn. I said, lay down on your back and try pulling. She goes, what do I do with this blob in the middle? I said, push it in and zip it up. 
zip it up. You can do it. And then she said, I'm on now on my stomach. She said, I feel like a turtle. And so anyway, we crawled out, we got him on and we were really thin at the time. And just as we got out, we looked at each other and I said, I'm not getting them. And she goes, me neither. Cher walks by in like a headdress with friends. And she goes, those pants look great on you girls. I, I get them. And we did. And, uh, <laughs> They hung in our closets for 20 years with <laughs> dust on the, you know, on the top here. I never, never to put them on again, but those were the share pants. They <laughs> didn't have, spandex wasn't invented yet, I guess. <laughs> it was kind of a spandex. I guess it was the beginning, but it was, they seemed like vinyl, like plastic. Like no give. Yeah. No give and no breathing room. Yeah. It's like you either get into them or you don't. And then getting out. <laughs> roll them down or get someone to do that for you it was it was very fun don't sweat when you're in those it would not <laughs> no. be crazy no. that's oh. how you get them off but we were so happy that now share was share you also didn't realize how popular the Ver- you were working so many hours you didn't realize how popular the Vernon Shirley had become to the outside no. world never even to the day that Penny passed we were never to this day, like people will say, oh, I saw your show when I was a kid. You know, all those things are such a blessing. But we couldn't, when the show first premiered, Gary came, Gary Marshall came down to the set and he showed us all the overnights. Do you know what those are? Mm-hmm. Where they show you how oh. many people watch the show in, you know, in the Midwest, on the East Coast. And it was something like in the millions. And Penny and I thought we were, we were going, wow, that's, that's something, but we didn't liken ourselves to that. We didn't connect ourselves to that. And we said, wow, that's something. Wow. You know, but it wasn't like our show. We never, I won't say it's humility. It was a, a form of naivete that, you know, Penny and I had. And once we, like you said, Colleen, once we started working on the show, we never left that sound stage. So we didn't, I'll tell you this one thing. One night she didn't drive and I was driving her home from work and it was late at night and it was on Fairfax Boulevard. And there's these houses that are right there on the street. Right. And I could see in the window and people were watching Laverne and Shirley. It was so it was so um, just otherworldly. And then one time this guy, I think it was the same night, a guy car of guys pull up next to us and they go oh my god it's Laverne and Shirley (laughs) one time we were this is years later when we were doing you know a reunion of the show and we were trying to get on the Paramount lot and the guard comes out and says I need to see both your driver's licenses and I start to get mine and she slaps my hand away and she goes do you know who we are? (laughs) He He didn't and I said he doesn't know who we are because he's young she goes do you know who we are? Get another guard, an older guard <laughs> out here. And then this other guard came up and said, him on. We don't want any, we don't want any wrongdoings here. We don't want any fights <laughs> starting. We just never caught on to it really. No. And we weren't people who bragged. Two weeks we were asked to be in the Thanksgiving Day parade. And we had this goofy album we had done. And we uh and so we were on in the parade route and we were standing on the back of this float and the crowds 
pushed the barricades down and started running toward us. And Penny and I immediately looked behind us to see who <laughs> was going for. And then we realized it was us. Anyway, that we kind of got it. And for those two weeks we were in New York, we kind of got a little heady about ourselves. You know, we kind of thought, no, yeah, we're, you know, <laughs> we're the town um, yeah. popular girls. Yes. But that was it. You know, I mean, we just never took it. And I think that was part of the persona of the characters, you know, I mean, that's why they work because Penny and I played that into the characters naturally. Well, that was so fun talking to Cindy Williams. I still am a little bit starstruck that we were talking to her, but she's so nice and relaxing down and down to earth that I just, you know, then you forget. And then you you go and you watch a video or you watch, which we'll have this video up on YouTube as well. But you go down and you, you're done with that. And you're like, I did just talk to Cindy Williams. And sometimes I'll show my husband and he's like, oh, that's crazy. That's wild, <laughs> you know? So it, it's just so funny uh, still to do that. And I, I love this. I love doing this. I love the people we meet. I love learning all of the things that we've learned from all of our guests. This has just been completely fascinating. So thank and you we so much too. we have a lot too. more. We do. And we just thank you so much for tuning in and learning along with us and sending us great suggestions. Just keep doing that. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media accounts on Instagram, on Facebook, join our Facebook group. I love the questions that the women on the Facebook group are posing and how they're helping each other. I I, I learn so much from all of our uh, followers on that group because something will come up and someone will have a great suggestion and just an issue might be somebody might be facing a certain issue and it's just wonderful how that group of women just jump in to help each other and we're so happy that that is happening and also we're doing tiktok which it's it's so wild till still we're learning tiktok yeah we're learning and we appreciate you listening thank you so much thanks guys have a great week (laughs) 